listening to The Train Gods. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of Trade Gods. I am your host, Betty Kiwu, and I'm joined by my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man, the host of Wake and Take, the best damn morning show on planet Earth, Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm doing well, doing well. Ready to host the show with you. You know, it's been a couple weeks since we've been able to go live, but it's still nice. We still meet. We get the articles going for 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 the people. You know, we we give our buy and sell still every week. So you know, we're connecting. You had me on the game plan. So you know, I, I'm just, I'm just happy to do a show with you, man. Happy to be doing trade gods. Feeling good. I mean, listen, it was. We, we we talked about it on the game plan. We just can't we can't stay apart for over a week. I mean that sounds insane. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna collab on other shows. We're going to put together articles that we collab on and videos that we put together and all this stuff yeah. because trade gods may be a, a bi weekly show, but the mm-hmm. content is gonna come at you as consistently as humanly possible because we want to be there for our listeners. I mean this is the thick of trade season. This is. Yeah. We are not quite at the top of the roller coaster ride when it comes to trade season, but we are starting to see that peak. So we want to be here to talk trades. And we got a great show lined up here tonight for all of our listeners. We got three trades that we're going to be breaking down. Uh, One, I will say off the top, involves one of the hosts, but you have to stay tuned to find out which because, you know, last week, last episode, Jason had one of his trades. I just yep. gave it away. It's my trade. I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tried to hide it. Buried the lead. Good one there, dum dum. Doesn't matter. We're gonna talk about one of my trades uh, because we gotta we gotta talk our process to help you uh, maybe with some of the tougher decisions to get through your process. And we also got three up, three down, three buys, three sells through the first five weeks of the season. So without further ado, let's get on into the first trade. Trade number one, and I've hidden Jason because the blunders continue, folks. Here we go. First trade of the night. 14-team PPR Superflex start 10. Team A is receiving Kenny Pickett, a 24 first and a 25 second. Team 2 is acquiring Kirko Cousins and a 2024 20, second. So you see this trade, basically Pickett and some assets for Kirk Cousins, a win now piece. Uh, with Let's just look at it through the, the win now lens. How do you like this trade for the win now team? Yeah, for the win now team, I, I love it. I would maybe maybe have potentially tried to just do the Kirk for Kenny Pickett swap and not have to give up the first there. But given it's a win now team, that first is likely a late first. That second they're getting back is probably an early second, more than likely. So we can sort of cancel it out. I like this trade a decent bit. Uh, as we've talked about a couple times on the show, I do have Kenny Pickett on in the TGIF, in the Trade Gods Invitational. And I mean, I don't know if Kirk Cousins is who I would trade Kenny Pickett for, but it at least make me think, of course, I'm trying to win now in my own damn league. And Kenny Pickett has not been doing good. Not necessarily all his fault. If you look at these metrics here, 32nd in protection rate, showing that the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line is being Mm. terrible because he also has the third most pressured throws. He has the sixth most most interceptable passes. Right, it's just not very good across the board, but he still has some other good stuff. Right, he uh, while still being under pressure a lot, 
He still has the eighth highest under pressure accuracy rating. He still has the 11th highest production premium. And George Pickens is playing fantastic football. So I do think things will get better for Kenny Pickett. However, you're talking about Kirk Cousins right now, who at one point in the season was the quarterback one and is throwing the ball a ridiculous amount of times, leading the league in pass attempts, second in pass yards. Just lost Justin Jefferson, but still I assume he's going to be passing it the same, if not more, because they won't be able to get as ahead with Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Not that they were really doing so currently, but still, I guess I like the trade. Metrics on good sides. I'm not necessarily looking to sell Kenny Pickett overall. Like I think he's a hold right now, but if you're a win-now team, Kirk Cousins is probably the perfect quarterback to kind of target with him. Let me ask you one question when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Um, is any part of you weary on trying to acquire him in a win-now situation due to this kind of growing buzz that he may be traded? Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, I I definitely am a bit more hesitant to try to acquire Kirk Cousins right now. Obviously, it's always going to come down to the price. If you're still getting a really good quarterback for a good price, you can't complain, especially as here we're in a super flex 14-team league. I mean, High-value quarterbacks are hard to come by, and Kirk Cousins is up there. And even if he is traded, it's not like he's just going to fall off planet Earth. He is 35 years old, but we haven't seen really any signs of regression. And I'm assuming a team that would be trading for Kirk Cousins would be like the Jets, a team that is built around the quarterback and has some assets that would be needed. Will there be a little bit of a drop-off initially if he's traded? Sure, he's learning a new playbook, going to a new system, right? But he's still a really good quarterback at the, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So I, I think you could still buy him. If anything, that might make him a little bit even cheaper. Is the situation as good as it would be on the Vikings if he's traded? No, but still, I, I think I think that you could probably get him for the right price and things would be okay even if he's moved. And Yeah, I think that is probably my takeaway uh, from the potential of him being moved is what you talk about. The team they're getting him needs him. They're probably right. a good team. They're probably a team with at least a few weapons. They're not just going to be some crap bag team trading for a 35-year-old quarterback for no reason. Uh, so exactly. I think the likelihood of him being traded is low, just given the sport quarterbacks aren't usually dealt at the deadline. Uh, right. Then it's not like baseball where starting pitchers are so covered at the deadline. That's not really what it is in football with quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. um, but like the teams that could he could really vie for his services, like the Jets, like you said, team we would like him on. Atlanta. I mean. Listen, Arthur Smith isn't going to throw the ball as much, but those weapons are sure there. So yeah. those efficiency stats can certainly stick around. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't see the, um, I don't see him getting traded if I had to put my prediction hat on. But even with him getting traded, uh, I still think he's worth buying into. Now, let me reveal: this is the trade that I am involved in, and I am the Kirk Go Cousins side. Yeah. Uh, what pushed this trade over the top for me is when I'm looking at the warp chart. Warp is wins over replacement player you can find that over at southharmonff.com uh you can use your customized league to get the exact league format for warp kirk cousins is fourth in warp so the he's the fourth uh hardest to replace out of the quarterback position the quarterback position that is pretty flat in comparison to past years and my other quarterback lamar jackson felt like a nice pairing going into the playoffs i'm five and zero oh in that league you know I'm, i have a strong squad so the uh kirk cousins acquisition was i think it was a big one for me and what put it over the top for me was we were going to settle on basically pick it in a first he then wanted my 25 second and i got a 24 second so i was like done 
because that yeah. was just another weapon, another bullet that I could fire at a piece this year. Uh, the odds of me keeping it to draft a rookie, even though I love the rookie class, is slim because that second round, we're already talking about players that don't have a significantly strong hit rate uh, when we're talking mid-second round. So I- I'm going to go ahead and-, and make the trade. So I'm happy I made the trade. Um, yeah, the- Kenny Pickett timing? wasn't the best because I traded him after the injury where I think if I had waited uh, until he was active yeah. in the game on Sunday uh, where I probably could have squeezed out more or given up a little bit less added to the value that I was getting. So um, yeah, I do think the timing could have been better, but overall happy with the trade and I'm glad that you think that it was a, a pretty smart trade at least. So uh, that makes me feel yeah. a lot better. I just want to give a shout out to Anthony in the chat, notorious Jay Ruckus in the chat, Goomba, Gooner Boy, and Slashy. What's up, everybody? Uh, leave your trade questions. We will answer them at the end of the show. Uh, if we get a whole bunch of them, maybe we'll make it overtime sessions. We'll see how it goes. So let's get all of those trades in the chat. Let's go and let's move on to trade number two that we're going to break down here tonight. This comes from a 14 team PPR 1 QB league. Uh, start eight. So we're starting a pretty shallow starting lineup team a has got kirk cousins brian robinson a 24 first and a 24 third for garrett wilson and a 24 third pretty interesting here but uh what side would you have? let's just give it a straight up let's pick a side here jay which side would you rather have i mean i think i would rather have this kirk brian robinson and a first side i I mean, an easy way to break it down is both Christian Kirk and Brian Robinson are averaging more points per game than Garrett Wilson right now. And you're also getting a first-round pick. The thirds cancel out. I know Garrett Wilson's a fantastic dynasty asset, but Christian Kirk's pretty good too. I mean, outside of week one, he's been fantastic. 22 points, 15 points, 16 points, 14 points, still top five in slot snaps on one of the best offenses in the league. Brian Robinson establishing himself as the running back on the commanders, running it a ton, doing well with it. Already had an over 25-point game this season, only in his second year. I mean, I I like these two assets, and what's great about them is they're not sexy assets, meaning they're not that expensive. I mean, the stats that Christian Kirk and Brian Robinson are putting up are really, really decent, and because of their name, because there's someone else on the team that people like a little bit more, they're cheap. And so I think that, you know, getting those two guys, especially in a start eight, you're probably going to be able to start both of them every single week. I like it. I like it a lot. And I mean, you know, Garrett Wilson's really good. So, I mean, it's not like it's a complete wash to the other side, but I just think that these are really, really good assets to get. Uh, And you're also getting a first round pick. Yeah. I think this is what, this is your quintessential uh, fun trade that you can make in Dynasty that you just can't make in Redraft. That's the reason why we love Dynasty formats because it opens the possibilities up like this. Because I think a year yeah. from now, we could be looking at this and being like, Garrett Wilson, having him on your roster is just a game changer. And Rodgers is back, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, Christian Kirk's good. He's our wide receiver too. Brian Robinson's not even a starter anymore. The first was late, blah, 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 blah. I think that's that. But in the win now mode, which uh, I have to imagine the, the Christian Kirk side is kind of in a win now mode anytime you're acquiring an older receiver not older but older than garrett wilson in a running back that uh probably won't have the longest of careers if you just kind of take in the factors of his draft capital whatnot 
It's, but it's getting that extra first is a home run. I don't, again, I don't expect the win now team to hold that first, but it's another piece. I mean, you can get. And the only reason this trade makes any sense, this does not make sense in redraft, is because what we have here is a guy who is relying on Garrett Wilson falling in the face because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Maybe the team's not firing. Garrett yeah. Wilson's going to be a part of a lot of bus teams uh, this year for sure, given his DC. Uh, but in Dynasty, you know, you, you're probably still you know two and three or or one and four or and five trading away or trading for garrett wilson uh but yeah this is the trade that i love to make but if i'm picking sides i am absolutely smashing the side of christian kirk and for me the dynasty part of it again it's the round one that truly makes it if you take away all the picks and it was christian kirk and brian robinson i would call it a straight c maybe even lean garrett wilson but getting the first on top of it is pretty pretty Great. So we both are on the same side here. Christian Kirk with a home run play. Uh, but again, in start eight, this deep of a probably league, but not starting lineup, getting Garrett Wilson is a good process if you don't fancy yourself a playoff contender. So I do commend making the tough move here as we head into week six. But before we talk about the third and final trade for tonight, let's hear about rival fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout, but then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community and then you can browse the community's lines and say hey this guy's crazy i'm gonna take the other side it's cool and they have fantasy bingo rival fantasy is reminding me how much fun i can have with fantasy football and use that promo code player the promo code is player they give you a 100 instant deposit match plus 25 dollars plus a free play that promo code is player for up to 125 dollars in deposit bonus and a free play you can't beat it. Welcome back to Trade Gods. We are breaking down three trades across the fantasy verse. And the third and final trade on tonight's show comes from the TGIF, the Trade God Invitational League. Shout out to them boys in the league. It's heating up. It's a lot of fun. Trades are happening so frequently. I legitimately missed Jason making a monumental trade, which he brought aboard. Justin Fields. I had no idea until I was looking at his roster today. And I was like, Justin Fields, am I in the right league? I looked at 157 <laughs> leagues. I'm like, yeah, this is TJF. What went? And I had to scroll up. That's how active it is. And that's how fun it's been. It's a good league. It's a good league. <laughs> it's a great, it's a lot of fun. Me and you got to say one, two punch in the points four column. Let's go, baby. Fuck. Where does it go? 14 team PPR Superflex 1.75 tight end premium. Start 10. I'm going to pose this question to you, Jason. I'm going to pose it very specifically because there was a particular rule, right, that we abided by just a few months ago here in the offseason. If, you, if you've been rocking with trade gods, you know what that rule is. I'm, it is yeah. called this, and I'm not lying, it, on the streets, they're calling it the J football wine rule, the Jason all wine rule here. <laughs> this is his rule. So the rule is yeah. the only way I'm trading Jamar Chase is if I get Justin Jefferson plus. And the only way I'm trading Justin Jefferson is I get Jamar Chase plus. Here we see Jamar Chase traded, not involving Justin Jefferson, but 
involving A.J. Brown plus plus A.J. Brown, a 25 first and a 25 second for Jamar Chase. Does this satisfy uh, the new and improved J. Football Wine rule or is it what it has always been? It, uh, I'm not going to lie. When I saw this trade, because full disclosure, this trade came in last week before Jamar Chase's monster performance. This and is this before after, the monster performance. Correct. Good call. Good call. And, and it was after A.J. Brown's 38-point game. And so at this time, Jamar Chase was not playing well. The Bengals were not looking good. We didn't know how healthy Joe Burrow was. And so I honestly didn't hate it. I wasn't happy. I would still rather take the Jamar Chase side. And now, unfortunately, after Jamar Chase's big game, I mean, I'm right back on it. I don't care that A.J. Brown has been playing so well. I mean, Jamar Jamar Chase then this last week. (laughs) Basically, every time he caught the ball, it was either a first down or a touchdown. Like, you don't ever see performances like that. He finishes the day with 15 receptions off of 19 targets, 192 yards, and 52 fantasy points because he scored three touchdowns. He's already done that two times in his career. I I posted about this on Twitter. Go follow us on Twitter. We do a stat of the day. Jamar Chase in his career has already had two games with 10 receptions, 150 yards, and three touchdowns. The only other wide receiver in NFL history to have more is Jerry Rice, who only did that three times in his 20-year career. We are talking about a very, very historic wide receiver when we talk about Jamar Chase. And so I need so much when I'm trading him. And A.J. Brown, while putting up monster numbers, 38.5 points two weeks ago, 18 points this week, 22 points two weeks ago, leading in all sorts of categories, establishing himself as a true alpha, making Devontae Smith look bad. But still, it's just not enough for me. It's just not enough for me. Maybe if these were 24 picks, I could see it being a little bit closer, but I, I mean, I legit, the gap between AJ Brown and Jamar Chase is AJ Brown sized at least. So the rule is what we thought it was. <laughs> you still got to come correct. If you're going to try to get Jamar Chase off of yeah. uh, Jason Allwine here, here's what I'm going to say about AJ Brown. AJ Brown is cementing yeah. himself in that secondary wide receiver tier that I believe him and CD lamb safely occupy. Because um, when you look at his yards per out run, top 10, uh, he's ninth in fantasy points per game, but he's fourth in expected fantasy points per game. So there is some yeah. still positive regression to the mean potentially happening. You talked about all of the stats that he leads the league in or he's amongst the top in the league. But I also want to say this. He's third in the NFL in unrealized air yards. And that metric records uh, air yards that were not completed. Air yards that have been completed a year ago with Jalen Hurts. Uh, So if Jalen Hurts, and I do believe it's more of a when as opposed to if, I think Jalen Hurts continues to get warm, he completes some of those passes. I think A.J. Brown is in in a spot where he is going to truly compete for a top three to five points per game mark here. Having said that, these 25 picks completely throw it off to me. There is an asset that I probably value. There's probably not assets that I value least right now, less right now than five picks. And I know that might be blasphemous for some. Uh, I just don't, I don't like betting uh, too much on the future. Trying to predict the future is incredibly hard. That's why we're all not millionaires for gambling and lottery and all that stuff. 
predicting the future is damn near impossible. And you're asking me to trade things that I know, stats that I know, players that I can see every Sunday for assets that I can't truly cash in on, not next year, but the year after. Now, if this was a 24 first and 25 or 24 second, it is razor thin to, for me. Yeah. I cross the line on the J football wine rule. But here, given that they're 25 firsts, it just it's, doesn't really doesn't do it for me. doesn't do it for me. And when I look at it, it's just not enough for me to trade a guy like Jamar Chase. We've seen the flashes. The consistency is coming. Consistency comes with refining your craft, something that we can only – expect to happen more and more as he gets this is still his third year people it's only his third year in the nfl oh my god well i think we are truly seeing potentially the golden age of wide receivers and i do like aj brown but for me whether i win now or win later give me the jamar chase side crazy to say but give me the jamar chase side. i am seeing some comments come in the chat shout out to the chat shout out to everyone that's rocking with us we're going to get to your question you got to stick around to get those things answered. But next, we are going to go into America's favorite segment. Of course, I'm talking about it's time to buy and sell. We got three buys and three sells this week. Jason, I'm going to kick it to you because you cheated a little bit here. I right? did. I mean, you are trade god. You get to make up the rules. It is your damn show. You didn't just have one buy here to get us popping. You got two. You're saying everyone out there listening, go buy the hurt that is the IR studs, Justin Jefferson and Devon A. Shane. Yeah, and I guess we could throw Anthony Richardson into this too, uh, as I believe that happened after uh, we, we kind of decided on these buys and sells. But basically, I wanted to just lump these guys together because it's a theory thing. You're never able to acquire Justin Jefferson <laughs> ever in your life. Yeah. And you have a chance now. And I really just wanted to bring this up because I wanted to point out really that you need to do it now. You don't want to do it next week. You damn sure don't want to do it two weeks from now. You damn, damn sure don't want to do it three weeks from now. And you most definitely damn, 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 damn don't want to do it four weeks from now when they're about to return yeah. from IR. This is it. Right. The closer they get to their return, not only the more expensive they get, but also just the less obtainable in general. Right now, there's a hole on the league manager's roster left by Devon Achan, left by Anthony Richardson, left by Justin Jefferson. Come Sunday, they're going to play their first game without them. And they're probably going to fill that hole and they're probably going to end up fine and win their game. Right. And then they're going to be like, I will be fine without Justin Jefferson. I will be fine. Without Devon Achan, I will be fine without Anthony Richardson. So you've got to do this now, and you've still got to pay exactly what the price was last week. I don't care that you're not having them for the next few weeks. The The price hasn't changed. They've just become more obtainable. I, I, I love that analysis, uh, Jason, because it's it, it's something that win now players can kind of decide whether they want to you know harp on it. And same thing with teams that are looking for the future. But the, the thesis is the same, is that these opportunities to buy into players that are just virtually damn near impossible to trade for, even they have to come uh, when they're uh, The one that comes to mind, which just happened recently, is Jonathan Taylor. Let's yeah. learn some lessons from the Jonathan Taylor market here. The you know I'm sure in most of our leagues, he was obtainable going into opening day. 
And as every day or every week that you waited, it became that much harder and harder for you to trade for him. And then, of course, he left the door maybe a smidge open because he didn't play a whole lot uh, on his return last week, week five. But all it takes is one. All it takes is that Zach will that Zach Moss usage to go ahead and get it done. And what you can't have happen is what probably happened through a number of our leagues, right, Jason? Like the team that drafted Jonathan Taylor was expecting to lose some games, but maybe they stumbled on Zach Moss, and they're actually, yeah. you know, three and two. They're actually four and one, yeah. and now they're saying, "Oh, thank God I didn't trade away Jonathan Taylor when I was trying to get." Antonio Gibson and Javante Williams. Thank God I didn't trade away, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor when I was trying to get back, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson and something. You know, these players can get lucky. These league, these these situations do have a bit of luck to them. So when you yep. wait, you kind of bet on someone else's bad luck, where it's, that's not always a good bet. So if you have a chance to to sneak into a little bit of Justin Jefferson's shares or J- Javon Shane shares, let's do it. Let's let's do it now. Take our lumps over these next four weeks and then cash in because that's those opportunities don't come around often in dynasty football. Uh, my buy is another opportunity, maybe not as strong of a window in terms of you're never going to be able to buy this guy, but this is a player that became the consensus uh, 103 in single quarterback rookie drafts. And you know, not much later than the 10, uh, let's call it six, 105, 106 in our super flex. This is a stud, Jason, Jack, Jason. See, there's so much I think about you, Jay. He just comes out. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Uh, He has not played well for fantasy football purposes uh, on the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But the reason why I'm buying is kind of what you said when it comes to Justin Jefferson and Devon H. The the price may not have crashed on Jackson, but it might have come down enough where the opportunity to buy into a player that we – we're kind of expecting to be the long play anyway. So even if I am a win now contender in dynasty, I'm trying to get in on Jackson Smith now. And then you have the opportunity to flip. If he has some spike weeks, you have an opportunity to just have a really good prospect to kind of let marinate on the bench. Um, And I won't lie to you. There's a whole lot of metrics when you look on his performance profile that aren't all that encouraging. Um, But what I will say, he is 15th in slot snaps. So he is out there for the Seahawks. I will. Seahawks do throw the ball a ton, and he's getting a lot of tar- a lot of target situation. He's just not getting the volume yet from Geno Smith. But if I would have told you this after the wrist injury that we would be getting uh, Jackson, let's say his first game was the first game after the bye, after that yeah. wrist injury, people would be over the, head over heels for him going into week six. Yeah, but he plays through the injuries, a savage. He plays pretty much the entire season, and he heads into the bye. What's what are we doing here? The, the the breakout potential is still on the table for 2023 Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I am looking to buy, 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 buy Jackson Smith now because all it takes is one spike week, one game where everyone goes, this is the guy that we thought we were getting at seven for 120 and a touch. Yep. Another uh, one thing I will add to about this offense, it's not like he's losing out to Tyler Lockett. It's no. just not going his way. Tyler Lockett isn't devouring targets. DK Metcalf isn't conquering targets. It's pretty widespread. Uh, so that tells me that the offense is trying to get to, to the guy that's open. And I think that as they get going, they're going to scheme that guy to be JSN. So I want JSN now before it's too late. Jason, anything you got on the rookie? I've actually got, if I, 
by. Yeah, no, I would actually like to stick on this for a second. I mean, as you know, I mean, I've been talking about JSN for a long time. You know, he was my number one rookie going into this pretty much even over Bijan Robinson, just because I'm a Michigan fan. I've been watching JSN, you know, like on Ohio State. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for him to come to the NFL. And I like the landing spot, too. You mentioned it only takes one game, but it also only takes one injury. Right. I mean, you bring up that it's being spread around evenly, but imagine one of those pieces of the pie goes away. Right. I mean, and, and then it's right back to Jackson Smith and Jigba. We're remembering and he's getting the volume. Right. But mm-hmm. I also want to point out to our good friend, friend of the show, Cody Carpentier, one of the executives. He posted one of these tweets last week on, on the little Twitter. Uh, and it's a it's a good one. As we all know, Jackson Smith and Jigba's best comparable is Amon Ross St. Brown. That's who, that's who Cody pinned him to. That's who a lot of people are. It's very it, it makes a lot of sense, given the mm-hmm. type of receivers they are. Jackson Smith and Jigba right now is wide receiver 89 through games one through four. He's had 12 receptions for 62 yards. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown in his four, first four games, uh, his rookie season also only had 12 receptions. And then he just basically went on to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown's usage, his rookie season. You know, from, from weeks five through 10, he became the wide receiver 60. But then from weeks 11 to 17, Amon Ross St. Brown was the wide receiver too. He won people leagues. Mm-hmm. We'll remember that stretch where he was 55 for 71, 583 yards, five touchdowns. His snap share was up there every single week. Granted, he didn't have the competition that Jackson Smith and Jigba does, but still, I think that it is on the table for Jackson Smith and Jigba to win leagues this year. And the fact that you can still get him now, especially after all the talk all offseason about how he's not going to be a good redraft asset mm-hmm. because of how many mouths there are to feed in the Seahawks, and yet people are still disappointed for some reason. Go buy him for real. Definitely go get some JSN. Unfortunately, in my home league, I've been sending out little snipe offers each and every week, and they just keep getting declined because yeah. the the guy who does roster him in this league, uh, unfortunately, is a, a contending team who has the luxury of putting him on the bench and waiting to see. So that is the worst case scenario if you're trying to buy JSN. The next guy, and I got to say, Jason, you have been on brand tonight. You had texted me that you were gearing up for a legendary episode, and you were freaking on to something because you are so on brand that we got the the J football wine rule making a reappearance. Mm-hmm. But we're also, but we talked about both sides of that. We're talking about all the fan, all the J favorites. Devon A chains is a favorite, and the Slim Reaper Devonte Smith is a buy. So why should everybody be buying the Slim Reaper? Yeah, be, I mean, really, just because it's a buying opportunity for a really good wide receiver on one of the best offenses in the league, not overthinking it. Last week, 1.6 points, only one reception. Not good. Three weeks ago, only four receptions for 28 yards, 6.8 points. So he's had some stinkers this season. But the other three weeks have been pretty good. 18 points, 28 points, 15 points. Right now he's averaging 12.8 points per game, which is not that bad considering he only averaged 15 last year. I think things are still going to be good. He's still up there. He's running 100% of the routes right now. He's 10th in the league in routes run in general. And last season, it didn't really start to click until towards the end of the year. They're making the playoff push. You've already mentioned that Jalen Hurts, you believe, will start to heat up and get back to, you know, end of season Jalen Hurts that we saw last year. And I tend to agree as well. I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. And I want any piece of this offense. And I still do believe that Devontae Smith is one of the best wide receivers in the league. And the fact that there is such a big alpha on the other side of the field in A.J. Brown, sure, that hurts him. Sure, there's not going to be some games for him. But it also helps him in some games, right, where where Devontae Smith is the open receiver because they have to lock on to A.J. Brown. 
because they have to maybe cover Dallas Goddard. And we've seen that time and time again. We've already seen it this season where mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, the first two weeks, was leading A.J. Brown in receptions, leading him in targets, leading him in yards, leading him in fantasy points. Now it's completely flipped, and the, and it's going to go back and forth like it did last year. There's going to be Devontae Smith games. There's going to be A.J. Brown games. There's going to be Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown games. We just want <laughs> A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard game, yeah. a name that will probably – be talking about shortly but the fact that a aj brown is on fire right now truly establishing himself as the alpha and probably the number three wide receiver in dynasty now it's it's cooled down a bit for the Devonte smith fans and even myself i'm like you know maybe like i i've come to like aj brown a lot more than i have right as you know i've talked about him being a sell most of the time on this show but he continues to perform time and time again and i think he will continue to but I still do think that Devontae Smith will as well. I mean, he's the only wide receiver in the past 20 years to win a Heisman. I mean, that 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 means something. <laughs> it definitely means something. I mean, the discount, that type of accolade, and that type of prospect seems a bit silly. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, as much as I kind of want to push back on this because he hasn't really been uh, a, a consistent guy, and that is something I truly don't like. Yeah, fantasy is the the volatility. Um, uh, so I don't know if I'm gonna try to buy. I'll definitely go shopping, though. Okay, I'll say That's this, and I know that might be a cop out. I'm sorry, yeah. everyone listening, it might be a cop out, but I'll kick the tires on Devontae. Yeah. But I'm not paying 100 of the value. I'm not gonna pay up at all. Um, but yeah, some of his metrics are, you know, they're encouraging. I will say that you know, being seventh in deep targets. Uh, he's got a snap share that's amongst the tops of the league, so he's always on the field. He's on. The, he's running a ton of routes, um, and he's still looking like a, a really good player. When you look at his warp, wins over replacement player, he's you know right now at wide receiver twenty one, which is uh, on par with running back twelve and thirteen, which is Kenneth Walker and Denick, Derek Henry. So if you can get him for a running back of the uh, let's call it Joe, mm, I still kind of like that like the Aaron Jones range, if you could buy into him with uh, Jerome Ford, something like that, lock it in, lock and load it. But if I have to pay 100%, he's more of a hold, I'd say, for me. Because I do think he's good, but God, do I hate that volatility. I do not I mean, like that. I just don't like that. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I wish I pulled – I wish I had the game log. Let me see if – you know, usually my – my stream messes up when I Google, but let, let's let's see. I got it. I got it here. 17, 7, 23, 1, 6.8. No, last 18. year. Like 8. how many games? How many games? How many games? Oh yeah, I'm do I'm glitching as I tried to do it. How many games under 10 points last year did he have? I think I can do it. We're here. Under 10 points, 2022. One, two, three, four, five, six if you count the playoffs. So we've already had two, so three more games under 10 points, and then we're talking about the rest of them being around 15, a couple 30-pointers in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. That's no, I think that's fair analysis. I do think that the pattern might be similar to last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did. I was to- touting, uh, tooting the horn of uh, potential Jalen Hurts continuing to get better, which I brought up for A.J. Brown, so I have to factor across the board for both the receivers. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think – I think you swam me a little bit. Okay, so maybe I'm going to send out a couple more feelers for, for the Slim Reaper. Let's move on to cells. First cell, I will take the reins here because, one, I want to. 
call a spade a spade. Secondly, let's stick to the same team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and why you should sell Dallas Goddard. He's coming off his best game of the season, and that is precisely why I think now is the time to jump off uh, yep. Dallas Goddard in terms of your fantasy exposure and jump uh, into another tight end and get something else on top of that. Mm-hmm. Because I think what a lot of leagues are going to be feeling right now is, uh, you know, he's back, baby. Dallas Goddard is back. And I would let them believe that, that he's back. Because I think that the truth is that the tight end landscape is so bad, the flat mark of replacement level tight ends is already, it gets really flat after the top four, top five. And when we, yeah, even factoring in a good week last week, he's tight end 13. Um, that's comparable to guys like uh, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take uh, a tight end like, let's call it Dalton Schultz and Alvin Kamara. Give that to me all day long. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me even like a Zach Ertz and an Aaron Jones. Uh, this is the level of trade I think that's out there for folks, given the big week. And I'm willing to take it because I think there's going to be a lot of dud weeks mm-hmm. coming up uh, for Mr. Uh, Dallas Goddard. And like I said, just a few months ago, we were looking at Dallas Goddard as, is he part of that that group of tight end that we don't have to worry about? You know, we have Kelsey, we have Andrews, we have Hawkinson. Now we have Sam Laporta. Even Kittle disappears uh, more than we would like out of yeah. our tight ends. Dallas Goddard was knocking right on that door, and now we're looking back at it, and it's like, wow, he probably lost teams a few weeks uh, considering this was his week one through four output, 0. 0. 0.8.2, 9.1, 4.5, 4.5, never finishing higher than tight end 13. Then he has a smash week. Yeah. Cha-ching, let me cash in on Dallas Goddard on a fan favorite. Get me a couple of assets. Win now, especially. Win now, I'm absolutely looking to do that. If you're looking to rebuild, this is your chance to sell Dallas Goddard for maybe Kyle Pitts. And we talked yeah. about that a couple, you know, last show. Let's do it. So I'm, I'm yeah. cashing in on Dallas Goddard. Any thoughts on DG before we get yeah. to your first sell? And I just want to bring up another classic trade gods rule. And this is really just navigating the tight end market. And we've discussed this with tight end and especially a tight end like Dallas Goddard. For me, and I, I think that you've agreed when we discussed this the first time, you either want to use him to take a seat at the Kyle Pitts table, take a mm-hmm. seat at the Mark Andrews table, take a seat at the TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey table, or you want to go all the way down and see what you could get added on to Jelani Woods. What can I get on to Trey McBride, right? Yeah. Like what, what Michael Mayer, I think. would John be Smith. Like any bottom of the barrel tight end with some ceiling or John Smith, right? Who's producing well, you're a win now and you still want to throw a tight end into your lineup, right? You can get John Smith in a ton. Or you want to go the young route, right? Just, you know what? I'll punt for a couple of years. I'll get Michael Mayer and a really nice, really, really nice throw in, you know? And so I think that you can do that. And I think you should do that with Dallas Goddard. As I bring up Devontae Smith as a buy, I have to really personally believe that it's the wide receivers with Goddard sprinkled in every once in a while. But with a position like tight end, I would much rather just be in tight end hell than have a stud tight end put me in hell with a three-point performance. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if you could tear down from uh, Dallas Goddard, get into Dalton Kincaid, yeah. and on top of it, throw in a, I don't know, yeah. Uh, let's call it Rashad White, and you throw in a third? Yeah. Let's go. I mean, this is the type I mean, of trade we're looking at. Absolutely. So, Jason, 
We're on the same page once again. Let's hear your next sell. This one, and we actually, I, I teased our buys and sells on Instagram to see if we could have anyone come over, and this one got some heat. I'm selling Keenan Allen. Selling Keenan Allen. Keenan. It's hard to do. But you got to remember he's 31 years old. You've got to remember he has an injury history. And you've also got to remember that Austin Eckler hasn't been out there the last few weeks taking some receptions away. I mean, Austin Eckler last year had 107 receptions for 722 receiving yards. That's ridiculous amount. A ridiculous, ridiculous amount. And Keenan Allen this year has been spectacular. No other way to put it. 14 points, 31 points, 45 points, 12 points. You look at every single efficiency metric, ninth in target separation at 31 years old, seventh in EPA, second in best ball points, fourth in fantasy points per route run. What a good football player. And when a guy is performing this well, I hate doing it. I hate saying it. But you've got to sell him, especially with how much usage he's getting, a 31% target share, 100% route participation. I bring up the injury history, and I bring up the age again. I mean, he only played 10 games last year. He played 16 games the year before that, 14, 16, 15, 16. So, you know, a good little stretch. But then one, eight, right? He's been injured before. It could happen again. The Chargers seem to always be cursed, right? So I don't know. And even if he doesn't, like I said, Austin Eckler's going to start taking some targets away. Quentin Johnson is apparently not good at football. But he's still going to get, I think, used a little bit more. I think they're going to use this bye week to at least try to install a couple plays for him and see how it goes. Jalen Guyton, while not a good football player, he still gets those schemed deep targets. He's been on IR. He'll probably come back. So I just, I don't think we're going to see another 45-point game. I'll put it like that. I think you could sell him while people are still seeing that much of a ceiling before Austin Eckler returns, before he potentially gets injured before he gets less usage, before he loses the ceiling, before another receiver on the team starts to break out. I just think that there's enough question marks out there that this is probably the top of the market. Top of the market play is a, is a favor to trade gods. I mean, yeah. we bring it up every week in one way, shape, or form that players aren't always going to reach this pinnacle. And when they do, it's it's smart process to trade. But man, sometimes I do get drunk on the, with the thrills and throws of the fantasy year. And if I find myself four and one, three and two, if I find myself a contender, trading away a guy like Keenan Allen is going to feel damn near impossible. Right now, yeah. he's as valuable as a team with Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. He's been more valuable than the the best running backs outside of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so the selling point to me starts at. Uh, a Justin Jefferson. It starts at a oh yeah, Stephon Diggs plus. I mean, it starts as astronomically high as it can get. And for me, uh, I don't think I'm getting that. Although, like you said, okay. the process makes sense. Uh, and if I'm a team that is somehow not a contender with Keenan Allen, you have to sell. You have to. You cannot think this through. You cannot risk injury. You got to sell a guy like this at the pinnacle because this is a guy that could bring in now multiple picks, some prospects, JSN, Don Kincaid. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a world where a team that is contending to delusional about contending, we'll call it, uh, that has uh, Kendra Miller, JSN, Dalton Kincaid, and we'll throw all you throw all three of those pieces at you for Keenan Allen. Yeah. And those situations uh, for your rebuild teams, your teams that aren't going to win in 2023, 
those are the returns you got to cash in on. But if you're winning, ooh, man, it is super, super tough to sell, even at the top of the market, which, of course, is a favorite of the trade gods. My sell is another old wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. The principle of selling DeAndre Hopkins is damn near identical to that of Dallas Goddard. He's yeah. been struggling four weeks in. He has a massive game against a defense that just basically gives away wide receiver one games like their damn M&Ms on Halloween. <laughs> and when you look at his metrics, they're not terrible, but they don't suggest to me any type of dominant wide receiver that we've known in the past. The offense doesn't absolutely give me give me zero confidence um, that he's going to produce at any type of regular uh, efficiency or, or become someone that is who I thought he could be when I drafted him in the fifth and sixth round. And then when you look at the trade finder, which, uh, you know, we plug this all the time, but the trade finder at playerprofiler.com, which you can now get the all-in package for a discounted price of $85. Isn't that right, Jason? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get the all-in package. You get the DFS dominator. That The DFS uh, tools will get you your money back. It's that good. Yeah. Dynasty Dominator, fantastic. It has all these tools, rankings. I mean, come on. Play a profiler here. We're, do, we're talking about top-notch stuff here. And if you go to the Player Profiler Trade Finder, after you become an all-in member, you can look up trades based on certain players mm-hmm. uh, and kind of see what other markets look like. And when you look at the, the DeAndre Hopkins market, all of these have happened within the, the window of which the breakout game happened. So within the last, was it, call it three days since Sunday. DeAndre Hopkins, this is for a rebuilder. This is what you can get in a 12-team league. You can get Rashad Bateman, I know, yeah. mm-hmm. but Traylon Burks in two seconds. Yeah. And if that was on the table a few months ago, we would have been jumping all over it. So it, that's an example of why you should sell if you're rebuilding. If you're contending, this is another trade that I found in a 12-team league on the Trade Finder. Zamir White and DeAndre Hopkins for Mark Andrews. Wow. Now, I'm assuming Team B in this trade uh, is either regretting it or isn't great at fantasy football. Needless to say, they do not subscribe to the all-in package at Player Profile. They do not listen to uh, Wake and Take every morning, trade gods every other Wednesday, and the game plan every Saturday. That's safe. But the fact that that's obtainable after you know a kind of cold stretch of Mark Andrews and a hot stretch or a hot game for DeAndre Hopkins says a whole lot now. Uh, I'm seeing these questions pile up in the chat. Stick around. We did not forget about you. But we're going to go ahead here. Jason, let's take the, the 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 show part of this, the podcast part of this show on home. What do you got to say about DeAndre Hopkins? 107th in route win rate. Oof. Woof. <laughs> woof. I mean, like, what? <laughs> That's so bad. And so his best game of the season comes when Traylon Burks is out. Right. And for some reason, Ryan Tannehill was fine. Uh, but it, it's, I, yeah, it, it's an easy sell. I'll pat myself on the back. I'll do a little victory lap just because I haven't been able to. I had I had two orphans this offseason. Okay. Both of them somehow had DeAndre Hopkins on them for some reason. <laughs> and both of them. I traded one for one for Brock Purdy. Nice. Cash in, <laughs> cha-ching. Look right. at a top twelve wide receiver, a top twelve quarterback. You know, we're talking, we're talking about a, a real dynasty quarterback asset. So, yeah. congrats, pat yourself. Dude, on I that know. Back. You must, you must uh, check out shows like uh, Wake and Take every morning, Game Plan every Saturday, Trade Gods every other Wednesday, Dynasty Warzone, 
each and every week, you know, hosted by uh, Jerry Sinclair and uh, a fan of the show, a, a friend of the show, Memphis yeah. Young. Shout oh, out to the Dynasty Warzone. Make sure you're checking out the Dynasty Warzone also here at the Play Profiler Network. I think, yeah, it sounds like you do check those out, my oh, friend. Yeah. I do, I do, I, and I, I would be nowhere without the player profiler all in package. Let's go. That's going to wrap up today's show. Like I said, stick around. We got some questions to answer. We will stay live for each one of you, but all the podcast listeners, that's going to be a wrap dizzle on the latest episode of Trade Gods. Jason, go ahead. The floor is yours. Plug everything. Yeah, Monday through Friday, wake and take, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Trade Gods every other Wednesday, but you can catch our article every other week that we're not live. That drops on Saturday along with a nice little video element produced by the fantastic Brad Sapienza. He's awesome. Fantastic work. If you see those short videos, he he does a lot of those edits, and he, he does some really, really great stuff. Don't know if he listens, but giving him a little shout out there. And then make sure you just follow all the Player Profiler social media platforms. Uh, Player Profiler on TikTok, Profiler NFL also on TikTok, Roto Underworld on Twitter, Profiler underscore NFL also on Twitter, (laughs) Roto Underworld on Instagram, Player Profiler on Facebook. We're everywhere. Uh, And I'm I'm running those pages right now, Uh, along with some help of some great friends as well, Tether Football and uh, Brendan Llewellyn. They're doing some great stuff for us as well. So, uh, thankful to their help and everyone else stepping up in the player fo- profile community. Too many people to name as this place is a rocket ship. I'm off my soapbox. Go ahead. <laughs> no, massive shout out to you and everyone helping out. The social media game this season has been uh, it's been on fire. It's been absolutely uh, awesome follows. So make sure you're checking all that stuff out. Subscribe to the Player Profile YouTube channel if you're not already. Like this video. Leave a question in the comments. We do go back and look for those questions. So if you got trade questions, post show, drop them in the comments, and we will make sure to answer them for you. You can follow me on X, Matty Keywoom. Like uh, Jason said, we got a whole bunch. We got our articles coming out every other week that we are not going live with Trade Gods. But Trade Gods, thank you for rocking with us. Is every other Wednesday we are sharing with Dynasty Roundtable another great show here on. The network game plan each and every Saturday. Got the future cast with Theo Greminger as we dive into the 2024 class. Uh, we are cooking up a new episode, so be on the lookout for one of those. And if you just can't get enough of me, head on over to the patreon.com slash executives, me and Cody's Carpentiers uh, Patreon. You can check us out there. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's show. He's Jason Allwine. I'm Matty Kewin. We are the Trade Gods, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Peace.